John, I was right about one thing, and I was really wrong about another thing. I want to get into both topics here on the John Krasinski Show with our resident Wolves and NBA expert, John Krasinski uh, at TalkNorth.com. Let's start with this. I was absolutely wrong about the in-season tournament. I thought it was a silly gimmick. I thought it, I, I just had no interest in it. And you know what? It works. And it worked because uh, the players took it seriously. The teams took it seriously. And it did bring a little extra attention to the NBA at a time when the NFL is dominant. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, uh, you know, I was always pretty open-minded about it. I mean, when they first announced it, like, I think like a lot of people, I was a little confused. I needed to figure things out um, and slightly skeptical on a few things about the organization of the tournament. But I was always in favor of doing anything possible to inject some sort of intensity, some sort of urgency into the first six, eight weeks of the season. I do think that in an 82-game season, we all agree pretty much that 82 games is too many. The season is too long. Um, the games themselves with the load management, with just the approach, um, can can s- seem very run-of-the-mill sometimes. Um, so, but And I think that's the biggest problem that the NBA has with its product on the court is that the season's too long. And some, and so a lot of these games in the grand scheme of things don't really mean anything. And so any efforts that you can make to add some sort of, uh, of meaning of motivation, even if it is artificial, I was all for, and what I did underestimate Jim was how, big the players were going to be into it like i figured that they would they would they would uh, be motivated but what we saw in general not just in vegas this last week but even in the games leading up to it the the last rounds of the play in leading up to or the in season tournament leading up to it was really super competitive guys that wanted to play yes they absolutely wanted to shot at that money that was a huge motivating factor but I do think also what we learned is anytime you put any sort of extra competitive carrot in front of their face, they're going to chase after it. And so I do think that the games in general were more competitive, um, that the energy was higher, all of that stuff. And so it, from all of that standpoint, to be able to have that in the first two months of the season as just something uh, extra to liven up this uh the the first two months of the regular season i thought it was great yeah i thought it was great and i didn't expect to enjoy it i didn't expect to even pay attention to it i ended up enjoying it and paying attention to it credit to the players for taking it seriously and and showing just how competitive they are all right i want to get to what i was right about what i think john was right about here on the john krasinski show he's john krasinski from the athletic i'm jim suhan from the star tribune brandon morton is our producer as he has been for so long best way to listen to this show or any show at the network Subscribe at your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services, TSR Injury Law, my State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland, Head Flyer Brewing, Manscaped, and All Energy Solar. Uh, thanks to everyone who listens, everyone who sponsors us and makes the show and the network possible. We do appreciate it. All right. Let's get the update. We're recording this on Monday morning. Monday night, the Wolves play in New Orleans against the surging Pelicans team. Uh, What is the status and the hope for Anthony Edwards and his injury at this point? 
So he's listed as questionable for for the game tonight, and uh, he was listed as questionable kind of for the last two now as well. And so you would think that he has a really good chance to play. Um, the question will be, and what we will find out tonight uh, before the game as we're recording this on Monday, is do they want to kind of continue going through a little bit of a routine that they have these last few games where he warms up, goes through um, all of the motions that he does pregame and then starts out playing. And then they sort of have to make a decision in the game if he's good to go or not. Um, Against San Antonio, he looked really labored early on, um, struggled shooting the ball. And then later in the game was able to, find another gear and play some really good defense had a big tip back dunk and the the hip maybe loosened up on him and he got the adrenaline got going and and he played okay in the fourth quarter against and third third and fourth quarter against San Antonio but then you fast forward to the to the next game and uh, against Memphis and he started and could only play a couple of minutes and then had to pull himself out and so to me the debate is not really necessarily it are you in you know, risking further injury with him because I don't believe that. I think that he's too important of a player that if there was any question about possible long-term effects of an injury like this, that the Wolves would pull him out and would not play him at all. I think this is a pain tolerance issue. I think that it's just a kind of a, it's a bruised hip that he's trying to kind of muscle through. And so um, if it, you know, if it's a pain tolerance issue, you kind of, I I think you want to decide whether he plays or doesn't and maybe not have him go through all of the mechanics of a pregame workout and then even get into the game and have to pull himself out. So um, all of this is to say that there have been no decisions made about it yet. uh, But I do think that it might make sense to just shut him down for another game or two and see if that, does enough with the rest and rehab things that 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 he has available to him so that once he gets back he is closer to 100 percent but Anthony Edwards wants to play he wants to be out there and the Timberwolves in general want to be a team that does not just kind of shut down guys who are just in in some who are sore and so that's that's sort of the balancing act that they're trying to find right now and I don't have a great read on whether he will play on Monday against New Orleans or not, because I do think it's just that up in the air right now. Look, and look, as teased, let's get to what I think we were both right about, or at least we can say we were right at this particular moment, which is uh, I think we both were in favor of the Gobert trade. I think we both thought it could work even this year after a lot of people gave up on it. He has been a monster. He's been not only somebody who now you're looking at as a potential four-time winner of the Defensive Player of the Year Award. You're also hearing him mentioned in MVP debates. Uh, I mean, when you're the most dominant player on the team with the best record in the NBA, you're, that whether it ends up being true or not, you know, four months from now, who knows? But he deserves that kind of recognition right now. He does, Jim. And um, I do, you know, obviously, as the season started, we saw this team start to pile up the wins and play play great. And I think everyone looked at Anthony Edwards as, you know, the, 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 the MVP of the team uh, in the, in the early going. Now 
I think the th- something has changed over the last four or five games because Edwards has been hurt and the team has not missed a beat, has not lost a game, has not, you know, had any issues kind of piling up victories in Edwards' absence. Part of that is their strength of schedule during that time. They got kind of lucky that they played a bunch of really struggling teams during that stretch. Um, but a, they closed the fourth quarter of Oklahoma city game without Anthony Edwards and won that game. And B, um, Rudy Gobert has just been unbelievable from a defensive standpoint always, but also his offense has been better. He had a 15 foot jumper against Memphis Jim. I thought, I, know. That, I thought that it was, it was pure. You know, it was, it looked good. And, and, and so he is playing with a ton of confidence right now. Uh, he, he has said to us that he believes this is the best he's ever been. And yeah, like you said, who knows like how that sustains over the course of 82 games versus 20, but in the first 20 games now, and I wrote this at the athletic this weekend, I do think that net right now in this snapshot, Rudy Gobert has been the most valuable player of the Timberwolves. And if you say he has been the most valuable player of the Timberwolves who have the best record in the NBA, that by virtue of logic means that he probably deserves some conversation about being the MVP of the league because so many times the MVP is the best player on the best team and the Wolves have been the best team and Rudy Gobert has been their best player. Now, as Anthony Edwards comes back healthy, other things happen that could change, but just for this 20 games, um, it is hard to picture a player who has been more valuable and done more to help their team win than Rudy Gobert has done for the Timberwolves. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I, I'm also fascinated by a team that a franchise that so often you felt like when one thing went wrong, it was the first rock of the negative avalanche and everything was going to go south. Um, and with this team, they've played much of the season without Jaden McDaniels, one of their four core players. They played a lot of games without McDaniels or Anthony Edwards, two of their four core players, and they are where they are. This is a, this is a departure from Timberwolves history. It's a huge departure. And, um, you know, one of the very telling stats of this early season is last year, the Wolves were 7-13 and 13 against the teams with the worst record in the NBA, in, in the league. Um, they were 1-9 against Portland, Charlotte, Washington, and Detroit. 1-9. And, and this year against the teams that have been the worst teams on their schedule, they're 7-0. and And that is part due in large part to Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert being very professional and setting the tone for what this team does from a maturity standpoint. It was an immature team last season that took games for granted, that didn't um, finish opponents when they had the chance to. And now they are a team that just takes care of business. And some of these games, they haven't played great. Um, they haven't had their whole A game. Part of that is because they haven't had Edwards or, or McDaniels um, to, to kind of help them on both ends of the court. But every time they have found ways to win, and almost always it's been Rudy Gobert in the middle of it. 
and 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 galvanizing the defense, getting some offensive rebounds and putbacks, making free throws, which he has done at a pretty impressive clip over the last five or six games. So he's he's done all of that. And one of the things that you and I talked about a lot with the Rudy Gobert trade as it was being roundly and heavily criticized and and all of these things, one of the main objectives that the Timberwolves had in making this deal was to make sure or to try to make sure that Anthony Edwards was playing meaningful games at, at, uh, at a young age. And they did it last year with, with Gobert, thanks in large part to Gobert being there with Towns out. Um, and this year now, they have kind of catapulted into a different stratosphere in terms of contention. And whatever happens with how they play and how far they go, what you're doing every day by having Rudy Gobert here is you're showing Anthony Edwards that you are an organization that can build a competitive team around him. And even though he has a five-year deal that doesn't start till next year, the the NBA landscape right now is you have to show your stars a pathway to real success every single year. And they are doing that with Anthony Edwards right now because Rudy Gobert has been so effective and has just been uh, a force on both ends of the court. So not only are they winning a bunch right now, that's great, but they are also kind of fortifying themselves as a competent franchise and organization for what most of us believe is a transcendent type of a star in Anthony Edwards over the long haul. How do the Wolves behave as front runners? This is a question we usually don't have to ask. We're going to ask it here in a second. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Service Studios. Want to let you know that 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME is the only number you need to know if you are ever injured and need a lawyer. They will help you. They don't charge you unless they win your case. They win a lot of cases. That's why they can advertise everywhere. That's why they are new, beautiful offices. It's why they can afford courtside seats to the Timberwolves games so you can see Steve Terry having a great time this season. 612-TSR-TIME. That's all you need to know. I uh, also want to thank my State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland, H-O-A-G-L-U-N-D. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. Here's the deal. When you combine State Farm home and auto insurance, you save an average of $889 a year. My agency is ready to help you combine home and auto and start saving today. Call 763-421-4900 to start saving. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And John, tell us about Headflyer Brewing. Headflyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis. It's the holiday season right now. Everyone wants to get together, grab a beer with one with some of your friends, with some family members. No better place to do it than Headflyer in Northeast Minneapolis. It's a it's a place I've been going to for years and years, long before we've had any kind of a professional relationship with them and with this podcast. My wife and I go down there all the time. They have great beer. They have a great open airy tap room that is just kind of tailor-made for just gathering with a few buddies with a bunch of friends or family and just having a good time and so stop in have one of their many beers one of their many um sours and seltzers they have everything that you could want as kind of a as a beer drinker beer aficionado they have food trucks that are out there you can bring your dog in um and, and hang out 
And they also have started to become a destination for Timberwolves fans to go and watch games. They have them on a, a bunch of TVs. It's a really good setup. And so you want to watch a game. You want to stop in for a happy hour after work. You want to gather on a weekend with friends and family just to kind of celebrate and 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 be together in this time of year. No better place to do it than Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. No doubt about it. Great place. Thank you, Head Flyer, for, spot, for hosting so many of our shows. We have a great time every time we're there. So does – listen, we're used to sports cliches, especially you and I, as we talk to people who are dispensing them constantly – one game at a time, just worry about the next game. It's easy to say, it's hard to do. Now that they are by you know, they have by far the best record in the West, they have the best record in the NBA, they're on a hot streak. Does anything change about their mindset? Should anything change about their mindset? Well, it's a good question, Jim. We we don't really know how they're going to handle success like this because they have never been in this position. Now, thankfully, uh, Mike Conley has been in this position, Rudy Gobert has been in this position. But in general, the team as a whole has not. And so there is going to be more attention coming their way. Um, they're, they're going to get more mentions on uh, national media. They're going to get more requests for, for stories, for, for um, TV interviews because of their ascension up the, the standings. And so how they stay focused is, is going to be key in sustaining some of the success. Here's the thing too, Jim, that I'm really interested to see what happens. They're 16 and two in their last 18. It's mm -hmm. not going to always be like that. And they have an absolutely daunting schedule coming up through the end of December. They have 16 straight games against teams that are currently above 500 a lot of those on the road, including Miami, Philadelphia, Dallas, New Orleans on Monday night, New York, um, or uh, an unbelievably tough back-to-back -back with Orlando and Boston. There are going to be points, whether it's now or later, that they lose a few games, maybe a, maybe two or three in a row. They, they're going to hit some adversity. The season is too long for them not to just, you know, they're not just going to steamroll through the whole thing. And so how they kind of handle the bumps in the road that are eventually going to come, whether it's because the competition is a little better, whether it's because they're just a little off on a couple of nights, whether they're, they're the in injuries catch up to them a little bit, something is going to happen. And so um, how they navigate that is going to be just key in, in going through this whole season. And I think that because they have been so successful to start because they're 17 and four right now, Losing three out of four is not going to feel like the end of the world, where oftentimes in the past couple of years, losing three out of four was an existential crisis because they were always jockeying for a playing game or a playing tournament seed or or something like that. Everything was so important that way. They have built up a nice cushion for themselves. And so um, so now is the time to see a how they handle that success and b if some adversity does arrive, what do they do to kind of get through that part of it? Yes, which leads to the next big picture question. As they sit here today, I, I think coming into the season, I thought that the the realistic but but worthy goal was top four team home playoff series, win a playoff series. Mm -hmm. 
what do you think now? Does that change? You know, I still think that really top four should still be the number one goal. Um, there are going to be other teams that kind of come up a little bit. It's that the race is going to tighten. Um, I think that what we have seen from target center already early in the season and how lively it is in there and, and how much of an advantage that can be for the Timberwolves they are 10 and one at home right now. So it's been great for them. And so that should be the ultimate goal. But I do think that everything that they have shown to this point should give them aspirations of chasing number one, because why not? Right now, I think that's the 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 big takeaway from 20 games into this season is why not the Timberwolves? Denver has dealt with their 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 uh, injuries and have been up and down just a little bit uh, coming off of their championship run. I still think they're a fantastic team, but they haven't put it all together yet. Oklahoma City looks tough. They have weaknesses um, up front with size. Um, the Lakers are starting to put it together after the in season tournament run. Um, they look pretty imposing, but they have plenty of weaknesses of their own that I think would not hold up as well against the Timberwolves as obviously they did against like the Pacers and the Pelicans. Um, and so you look at the rest of the West and the teams, Phoenix, who knows if they're going to stay healthy all, all year long. Sacramento looks good, but um, defensively they have a lot of limitations. So every team that the Wolves are competing against for the very top of the conference has some flaws. The Wolves have their own flaws as well. And so um, there is not a juggernaut team out there. There's not a 2017, 18 Warriors. There's not, um, you know, that kind of just overpowering where it's like, oh, we're not catching them. Like it's, it's uh, you know, it's that it's, it's their conference and then it's everyone else jockeying for the rest. I think that this thing is wide open. Um, and so I think that the Timberwolves have every right to look themselves in the mirror and say, we can be the number one seed in this conference. And if you're number two or you're number three, um, that's fine too. You can be all right. And in, in any of those positions, but I think four should be the absolute floor for this team from what they've shown to this point. And then get up, go up there and try and get the number one seed, do what you can for it, because that would really kind of shape things up nicely for for the playoffs and it is attainable like that's the biggest thing it it's not ridiculous to say the minnesota timberwolves could be the number one seed in the western conference it's wild yeah and we'll get into more of that i want to break down the roster and who's been rising lately let's start though by letting you enjoy john krasinski's world famous manscaped commercial Mary Ballsmas from our friends over at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in below-the-waist grooming? Keep calm and let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped's brand-new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra. Featuring the new Lawnmower 5.0, watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and use the code ATHLETIC for 20% off and free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra is the ultimate bundle for the man who deserves it all. Included in this special sack is the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, 
Manscaped's liquid formulations in two free gifts. Starting with Santa's number one helper, we have the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. The fifth generation trimmer features two next gen blade heads, a standard trimmer blade for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go for that smooth finish wherever your heart desires. Now that you've groomed the candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafe Ball Deodorant. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. Once you're done shaping up, it's only right you put your pants presents in the best wrapping at all, the boss, the, the Boxers 2.0. They are seriously the best boxers I've ever worn. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code athletic. Thank you to Manscaped. Thanks also to all energy solar. All energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All energy solar is ready to take any solar project, home, business, or both from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach. So Troy Brown Jr. has been just what they needed when they haven't had Anthony Edwards. Uh, is this expected a surprise? Does this open up a bigger role for him? Or is he just going to be Ant sub when Ant's hurt? Yeah, I mean, it certainly um, is, I would say, a surprise that, you know, not I think they knew that he could bring shooting and some defense to the table in limited minutes. I don't think that anyone anticipated him going eight for 10 against Memphis, scoring 20 points hitting four threes the way that he has, but he's been a revelation. He absolutely has, Jim. Um, he played in incredibly well against Oklahoma City when Ant got hurt. Um, he has, I believe, sort of usurped Shake Milton in the rotation. Um, you know, you, when you look at, you know, spot eight, nine, ten, right down there and, and kind of how they've jockeyed for position, certainly Milton had a hold on the the higher seed in in that grouping for the first maybe 15 to 16 games. But over these last four to five, Troy Brown Jr., I think, has has jumped over him. Now, it was it was kind of a revelation to have Shake Milton play really well in Memphis, and he scored 17 points, and that was really good to see because he struggled so badly. But, but Troy Brown, I think, just uh, Chris Finch has told us, you know, he's a better shooter than I even knew. And... And so I think he's surprised them just a little bit with his reliability. Um, his energy has been great. He plays hard. Um, and so he gives them another versatile wing defender shooter on that bench that really, when he's knocking down shots, um, it makes a big difference. And Finch has rewarded him, Jim. He's, he's had him closing games. Um, he's had him in the starting lineup sometimes. And, and and Troy has earned that. So that's been a really nice development early on in the season. When, you know, when Edwards went down, you thought, man, where's the offense going to come from? Well, it's come from Troy Brown Jr. And they've, they've, they've been able to weather that storm so far, thanks to his shooting. Yeah. So when this team is completely healthy, McDaniel's back, uh, Anthony back, what do you think the rotation actually looks like? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a good question. I mean, it's they have so many guys to use. And um, I do think my suspicion will be that unless Shake Milton really starts to pile up some good performances, you know, one after another here, um, I think that he's probably going to be 
the odd man out because don't forget Jordan McLaughlin is coming back too and mm-hmm. he could be another option off the bench again not as a guy who plays 20 minutes a night but certainly as backup point guard come in change pace of the game run the offense do things like that and that was something that they were hoping Milton would would take on in a role that he would that he would be able to excel in and he just hasn't so far so um as of right now in my eyes it's been maybe you look at those last three spots it probably goes Troy Brown Jr then I think maybe Milton and then Jordan McLaughlin. Um, and, you know, those last couple of spots are very, you know, kind of minimal, sporadic, uh, situational type usage players. But one thing that we have seen, though, that has been, I think, a hallmark of Chris Finch's coaching tenure so far is he does try to stick with the guys that he believes in for as long as possible. And so a lot of fans kind of have asked, you know, why is Shake Milton continuing to get so many minutes? Why is he, why is he, uh, does Finch keep playing him? Well, it's because Finch doesn't want to lose him. He doesn't want Shake Milton to just completely turn into an unconfident, uh, you know, shell of a player. And, and so he wants to keep showing faith and keep running him out there. And it paid off for him in Memphis with, with the way that, that Shake Milton played. And so, um, I think he's still going to stick with him because he knows how important it is for this team to have a bucket getter like Shake in rhythm, and so he's going to get that chance. But I do think, I still think that Troy Brown Jr. with his defense, with his activity, with his shot making, is sort of going to be, you know, the eighth guy on in, in the rotation. If if six is Nas Reed and seven is Kyle Anderson, then you go to, you know, actually you would go eight to Nikhil Alexander-Walker if everyone's mm-hmm. healthy, and then nine to Troy Brown, 10, Shake Milton, 11, Jordan McLaughlin. It's probably what it's going to look like right now. And then those, you know, eight or nine, 10, 11, those guys aren't going to play a whole lot unless there's some kind of an emergency. Yeah, and uh, remember, Finch stuck with, with Torian when he was at his yep. absolute worst, and he got stuck him Stuck with D'Angelo and- Russell. And stuck with D. D Russell, and Russell ended up. I mean, as much as I don't like Russell's game, uh, he did improve his shooting dramatically and actually elevated his trade up uh, value, which helped him get where they are now. Yep, absolutely. Now, yeah, obviously, D'Lo didn't play in the in the at the end of the Memphis series, but uh, there could have been many times during his time here where Finch said, "Hey, you know, either we're bringing you off the bench, we're reducing your minutes, we're." We're, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of going in another direction, but he did not. He stuck with him in the regular seasons of games, and it did turn into, before D'Angelo Russell was traded, he was having one of the very best shooting seasons of his career. Um, he, he was highly, highly productive as a shooter and scorer in the offense, and um, that doesn't happen if Finch just kind of, uh, reduces his role or changes it to a sixth man or something like that. Um, and so that's, that's been Finch's MO. He wants to show faith. He wants to build confidence in players. And I think he'll continue to try to do that with shake Milton. Last topic for this show. Uh, we do a show every week, of course. Uh, thank you for listening again. If you like the show, subscribe to favorite podcast app. You can also go to talknorth.com, find the Viking update show, Jeff diamond show Russo's show on, on the wild Myself, Roy Smalley, and Lavelle Neal on the Twins. That's the Chin Music Show, which is a blast. We have John Malay on preps. Uh, we have uh, 
the new Dawn of Sports show with Dawn Mitchell. She had Brian Robinson on last week. She's had great guests. Check it all out. We also have outdoor content and variety content as we keep growing. Thanks so much for supporting us. We do appreciate it. So I, it's easy to analyze why they've won so far and go Bears at the top of the list. Towns has been very good as well. But, you know, it hasn't been perfect. What could they actually improve on even as good as their record is now? What what specific part of their game could stand some improving here? Yeah, a couple of things, Jim. And and before the Memphis win, which was, you know, just an ass whooping and 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 they they played very, very well in the, the three games prior, Utah, Charlotte, San Antonio, they had they didn't really play clean games in any of those. They they won because they they found a way. And then, um, you know, the teams they were playing were terrible. But um, but Memphis was kind of heartening to see in that they feel it felt like they they played a complete game, which they had not in, in, in a few before that, but a couple of things that they need to work on. Um, one is first and foremost, I believe is turnovers. Um, they have been one of the, the highest percentage turnover teams in the NBA this year. There are some careless turnovers, some silly ones. Um, and it can get, it can get really sloppy. And I asked Chris Finch about that before they went on the road and he he kind of tries to walk a fine line here because he doesn't want to stifle aggressiveness and creativity um and 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 things of that nature by you know hollering at them when when they make a play like that and and feeling like it might take away some of their their just their overall creativity and their and their willingness to take risks he doesn't want to take that away but he also knows that they just need to clean that part of it up. They give away too many possessions for a team as talented as they are offensively. And, and that is one of the reasons that their offensive numbers have been largely mediocre is that they just turn the ball over too often. So I think if they can be more careful about turning it over and, and hold and, and value the ball more, that's going to go a long ways, which they're going to need to as this schedule really does start to stiffen. They're not going to be able to, they don't have the margin for error that they did against lesser opponents um, to be able to get away with some of what they have done in those moments. So that's a big one. Um, the other one that, that kind of we want to see more of that we, we did see in Memphis is a more um, potent second unit offensively. And what you get from, you know, Cat and Rudy together, their pairing, encore pairing has been phenomenal all season. And so that's um, the, that concern about can these two play together? Can they can they be good offensively together? That's been totally answered, I think, through the first 20 games. But the the problem sometimes arises offensively when they break those two up and they go into sort of second units and who who scores and how do they do it? And so they need shooting and they need efficiency off the bench. And that's what Troy Brown is starting to give them. Uh, that's what Shake Milton largely has not given them for this season. And so um, how they kind of go about generating good offense when the starting lineup is broken up and staggered is a, I think, a, a still a very much a work in progress. And if they can get Milton going, if he can build on the confidence from Memphis, that would be huge. If they can get Troy Brown to continue to shoot like that, 
would be huge. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a little streaky. So when he's knocking down threes, everything looks good. And when he's having a rougher game, it's it's kind of harder to come by. So, you know, leveraging all of that talent and and making it work together and and work fluidly, I think has been a challenge for them for the first 20 games of the season. And I'm going to want to talk much more about Finch, his philosophy, his personality, how that's played into the start. We can do that next week. Uh, for this week, thank you for listening. You can also hear John on the Viking Update show uh, that will be available at TalkNorth.com. Or again, subscribe to your favorite podcast app from the, the Aquarius Home Services studio. This is the John Krasinski Show.